Hi, and welcome to the Pleasure for Health podcast, the space where we talk about topics related to intimacy, relationships, desire, and of course, pleasure. I'm your host, Ailsa Kepi, a somatic sex educator, therapist, and a lifelong student of the body-mind-spirit connection. You can find out more about me and my programs and services on my website, www.pleasureforhealth.com. Now, on to today's show. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast. And this week uh, I'm here with Declan. We're going to discuss uh, something that comes up in, uh, in treatments that I have with clients. And so I wanted to talk about a little bit about, um, you know, when we want to please our partner and how does that come out and what kind of preconceived notions do we have about you know what needs to happen in our sexual encounters in order for it to be successful so i've i i kind of put this in in male female terms but of course it applies to any genders uh any sexualities uh ways of communicating that uh different partnerships but you know what i've noticed in my work is that uh, many men uh, particularly come in and uh, you know they want to learn how to please a woman and this is sometimes uh, more than once being something an intention that a client has actually come to me for they're they're like you know their their female partners not feeling satisfied they're feeling a bit like a failure it's kind of led to this down spiral of their sex life in general and so, you know, someone has come in and asked me to help them with learning how to please a woman. Uh, and so, you know, this is an interesting thing to think about because, you know, if you, we watch the movies or we watch TV shows, there's uh, definitely a, a particular pattern that we have in our culture sort of exalted which is you know the guy gets a heart on and then the woman's all excited and you know lies there waiting for him to do his thing and then it's all you know over and done and apparently everyone's happy of course most of us that have had any real sex know that this isn't really the case so Declan in your in your experience you know have you ever felt like this have you ever felt like a failure in a relationship because you seemed like you couldn't please a partner yeah yeah definitely I think most men have kind of been in this position situation you know before you know whatever happens the mood is not right or you're feeling you know distracted or in some way or whatever and I think a lot of it is the cultural you know the cultural conditioning and in these male-dominated environments that I've been in, it's it has this like overlying like oh it doesn't matter the woman's pleasure doesn't matter kind of attitude or that's what's at least that's what's said out in the open to the boys kind of thing. But then really, it, the the sense I get is that oh well they actually do want their partner to have some pleasure and so there's there I think that's part of the disconnect. Yeah, that's an interesting point, you know, because I, I think that I've hung around with guys, you know, as well. And yeah, they're kind of like just wanting to do their thing. But really, for them to feel like, like a success, they want the woman to think they're a god in bed, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So what, in your experience, what, you know, if you've been there or you've seen men in that situation, 
what what do men where does their mind go when they get to that place and they're like well i don't know if i'm really pleasing my partner uh obviously there's something you know where does your brain go what do you what do you do next well of course i can only only speak for myself so uh you know it varies where do i go next you know sometimes if i'm in a good headspace i'll just like offer some sort of other like touch like you know stroking the hair stroking the arms the legs whatever you know f physically or we could you know do some sort of other yoga type breath work thing or whatever but if it's the apparatus isn't actually working but uh, <laughs> you know you know it varies of course in situation to situation so uh, it's really hard to say have you ever sought out help for this kind of thing? Like, would that be some, I mean, or maybe not you personally, I know you've trained a lot in this, so of course you have, but have you noticed that men are willing to get help for these types of things to learn more about how to please women or how to please partners? Yeah, I think so. Some of my, some of my colleagues in the past have been, you know, done some, you know, tantric little courses for couples or tantric massage or the little, the little thing with the, uh, the pendulum over the chakras and and just doing the the you know doing the self cultivation exercises and and I think that's key is is the self cultivation the you know the whole the the concept of you know know yourself you know before you can know the other and I think that's really the foundation of it you know right so you're saying that maybe when men are finding that what they are thinking should be working in bed isn't working that maybe they should go back to learning about their own sex sexual energy and how to cultivate that with themselves i think in most cases that is definitely beneficial it's going to reveal you know something else or or a deeper layer of the same thing or, or you know you know one you know one more step up the spiral so to speak Possibly, possibly. Although you know this, the this day and age, there's such a uh, kind of a, a, th a thought that men are getting addicted to masturbating or pornography or all these things that doesn't really lead to more awareness. So I think what you're talking about is more of a conscious practice, perhaps with guidance. I would think. Yes. So yeah, as we know, with the with the internet, there's so much information out there. And, and yes, the key word, I, I believe what you said is guidance. It's like important to have some guidance. And you can get that in an online uh, platform. If, if you find the right one and it resonates with you and there's some, and it seems like it's, you know, clear and methodical and, pro and it's progressing in, in, a, in a safe manner for yourself. And, and it, it is always nice to have some in-person work guidance from from somebody who's been there or at least knows or has some experience with those practices but yeah masturbation can definitely be can become an addictive behavior and not really uh, beneficial I know all the all the uh, all the partners out there, whether they're women or other genders out there, are starting to think, hmm. So if the men need to practice on their own, that could be one thing. But when do we get in the action? Like when does it actually? How does it then translate into a partnership and a better sex for everyone? 
Yes, this is this is the issue that we're discussing, I suppose. So it's always, you know, every union, every situation is unique. So, and and the same a different day with the same partner it can be a really different experience. So, even moment to moment, it, it can change, as we know. So, it really, I think it really does come down to the self cultivation. So, potentially having a uh, I, I, what I find beneficial also is, is a witnessed self-cultivation. So cultivate, decide to have a practice, uh, I think can be beneficial with your partner, where you cultivate a self-cultivation being witnessed while your partner is self-cultivating, or you could take turns doing that or whatever, but in a safe container, and safe environment. Does that make sense? I think so. And I think just to make it a little clearer for our listeners, I think what you're talking about is watching your partner masturbate and maybe looking at how, you know, maybe that you, you've you you've done a course or some had some guidance with, you know, different things to try. Being curious with your own body, showing your partner in a way what you like and don't like. And uh, again, as women, I think... Uh, as people in general, but I know speaking for myself, you know, it's often something we're quite shy to do in front of other people. And perhaps we don't really uh, have much uh, idea either as women what we actually like. So being able to work on, uh, you know, what our body enjoys and, and being able to show that to a partner, have them witness and or learn from that. So is that kind of where you're going with this? Yeah. You know, I think we, we mostly all know what, what feels good. You know, if if we get if we get touched in a certain way, we, we, we know pretty much inst- right away. Oh, this this is the, either feels good or it doesn't, or you know somewhere in between. Uh, and um, I, I think what often happens is that the communication around that is the thing that's lacking. So I, I find that that with with this being witnessed, this uh, self pleasure being witnessed, self pleasuring can be really uh, revealing and it can open up a, a, a different layer or another avenue to take or, or something to explore you know with your partner because as you said maybe we don't always know um, what what it is we want or we don't necessarily understand you know the depth of what what it, the practice could look like you know, until you start exploring. Obviously, if you're just doing the same, you know, sex routine, which is which happens to couples, you know, they get caught in a routine and it just gets really kind of monotonous and boring and it's like, oh, no, not this again, kind of an idea, right? Yeah, so I think we've touched on this probably in many of our podcasts so far, but, you know, this idea of being curious, being curious about uh, trying different touch and trying different toys, trying different positions, trying, and this could all be on your own even, Um, you know, trying different fantasies, trying different anything, like, you know, really, really touch in on that. And as you mentioned before, uh, so curiosity, communication as well, super important to work on. And these kinds of skills, I think we've brought up before, are very much something that we need to practice and as you mentioned having guidance on you know how to get curious with ourselves. you know what kind of things could we try safely what kind of things should we be trying you know that uh, and you know and we haven't even touched on 
you know, age and how that changes, how many years you've been together, whether you're ill. I know I've worked a little bit with uh, people with disabilities. If you're not able to have penis and vagina sex in a typical way, maybe sex, the broad term has to be enlarged to account for someone who, uh, you know, is handicapped in some way uh, with their body. So I think being curious, having uh, communication skills, um, you know, being willing to adapt and try something new. I think that's what you tried. And I think your, your idea of self-cultivation, self-pleasuring with a partner, um, you know, uh, it could be a really beneficial thing for, for any partnership to, to do. Plus, it can be super hot to watch your partner, uh, you know, do their thing. Uh, you could do it next to each other. I think when it comes back to, um, you know, the idea that many men feel like a failure when they can't kind of please, you know, or we want to feel that we're good at sex. Um, the idea that you can just be good at sex is one I think we need to kind of open up a little bit in our culture. Like, you don't learn how to, you know, program a computer like this, you know, just with a snap of your fingers, suddenly you're able to program a computer and you're not able to be, you know, an amazing uh, sexual uh, master without going through all these steps of learning the practices. So, you know, just being aware that yes, it's a natural act. Of course, as human beings, we probably get the idea pretty early on, but the nuances of learning the skill is something that we, we can learn. And again, I, you know, I'm just keep putting it out there that, you know, there are many professionals now training in these areas of sexology and sex therapy, somatic sex education, sexological bodywork, you know, so many different, you know, even sex workers as well, all these types of the, these types of work, uh, professionals that are working in the arena of sexuality that are there for your, your you know, your resources for going and getting information. Um, you know, I think, would you have a sense of, of uh, particular, anything that I've missed that would be helpful to work on expanding your sexual repertoire and your mastery? <laughs> Sounds like you got, you got it all. And maybe one thing to add, and I, and I don't think I'm adding it because I think it was mentioned, but the prep work is so important. Like as with anything, you know, you know, you, if, if you think about it, a meal, you know, it takes you 20, 25 minutes to eat a meal, but oftentimes it takes four hours to prepare it. So it's like the prep work is so important with an, with athletes, you know, musicians, like that performance lasted 90 minutes, but man, they've been practicing for that thing for, for 10 years. So you mean I have to practice for 10 years before I get to have good sex? <laughs> you don't have to practice for 10 years, but it's a process and the practice is important and the practice can be daily, even if you're not actually engaging in, in, in sex on a daily basis, you can still keep practicing. You can still practice, even if it's only a mental thing, like this is big in, the, in martial arts, is like you can sit there motionless and practice martial arts. Mm -hmm. You just have to, it's a mental, the mental, the imagery, the visualization, whatever you want to call it. But you go through every single thing, every little stroke of the skin, 
blink of an eye, gaze, whatever it is, the breath in, the breath out, you know, every single little thing that happens, if you can visualize that and get it, it can actually be a somatic experience in the body, solo, mm-hmm. by yourself. So yes, you're saying like train as, as the athletes visualize winning the race, train yourself to imagine uh, an encounter that uh, goes the way, you know, with all these nuances and the communication and the, the subtleties that we could, would like to put into our sexual practice with our partners. I would say uh, from a woman's perspective um, that, yeah, if I had a partner that put that much time and effort into preparing the meal, so to speak, preparing the sex, <laughs> I think I'd be pretty, I think that would be a really great start to a, a wonderful uh, encounter with a partner. So you've sold me on that one. Uh, I hope uh, that's given the listeners at home something to think about. Of course, there's always, uh, you know, you can always write in if you want more information. Also, ability to work with either of us uh, as somatic sex educators. Um, We work with this type of thing quite a lot. So please do reach out if you have any comments or questions. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Pleasure for Health podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please share it with your friends and loved ones. Let's discover and celebrate more pleasure together. Again, my name is Ailsa Kepi and you can find out more or contact me on my website www.pleasureforhealth.com. I look forward to sharing another episode with you again very soon. Wishing you a pleasure-filled day.